Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We've seen some trade disruptions since the Israel-Hamas war has broken out, uh, particularly with Iran-backed Houthi militants striking ships in the Red Sea. We've already seen several major shipping lines that have suspended their services. So does this mean anything for you? What impact, if anything, will it have on the global supply chain? And then also, we've already seen a lot of disruption since COVID. We've seen issues like parents not being able to get baby formula for their kids. So we'll get into all of this with Jim Nels. He is an independent supply chain consultant and economist based out of Chicago, Illinois. He spent a lot of time throughout his career working on these various issues. At one point, he was the chief supply chain officer at LG Electronics. So we'll talk to him. We'll get his take on all of this. We'll dig in on the global supply chain Should you be concerned? What should you be concerned about? And what's coming up down the pipeline? Stay with us. Well, Jim Nels, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. I'm really going to lean on you to to break this issue down. I am not an expert on the global supply chain, so I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us a little bit about this. Lisa, I really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for coming on. All right, so let's just kind of you know start from the basics. So you know how is this war between Israel and Hamas threatening shipping as well as just a disruption of the global supply chain? You know, take us through sort of the TikTok, what you're seeing, and 30,000 foot of what's going on right now. Sure. So there's a rebel group that took over the country of Yemen called the Houthis. Uh, not Houthi and the Blowfish, but the Houthis. And uh, they've, they've been running uh, Yemen for a while now. And they've decided that they want to start shooting drones and ballistic missiles at uh, uh, cargo ships going through the Red Sea, which... I mean, we're literally letting a bunch of goat herders with weapons destroy the global economy. Uh, just so you know, the, the Red Sea is basically the I-95 corridor of the ocean. You have, at any point in time, about 400 ships in there. It's the distance between Washington, D.C. and Boston. Um, and about $10 billion worth of commerce flows through there a day, including 8 million barrels of oil every single day going through there. So it's really, really important to the global supply chain. 
The one thing it doesn't necessarily impact as much is the United States because it's primarily used to get goods into Europe or to get goods out of Europe into Africa or Asia. So we're not seeing it hit us here. But when you combine it with what's happening with the Panama Canal, which is at historic low levels, and they've reduced capacity in the Panama Canal to 50 percent, uh, the global supply chain is really at a tipping point right now. And so we've seen so far, uh, you know, several major shipping lines have suspended their services through the Red Sea. Uh, we've seen, you know, more than a dozen vessels have been attacked since the start of the Israel-Hamas war. Talk about those shipping line suspensions and what do you anticipate and just dig in a little bit more into that. Yeah, so there are a few things there. So um, the major shipping line in the world, Maersk, has uh, decided not to go through the, the, the Red Sea. Uh, Hapoid Loig, which is a German company, has decided the same thing. British Petroleum is not sending ships through the Red Sea any longer as well. Uh, so again, it, it really impacts uh, oil. Oil is now kissing $75 a barrel, which is a direct result of what's happening here. But the other thing that you're seeing is that, I mean, there are still 25 sailors from one of these cargo ships being held hostage by these, by these rebels that are, are under the threat of death if they don't pay the ransom. So what you're starting to see now, again, you, you're seeing these shipping lines saying we're not going to go through the Red Sea because their insurance companies won't cover the ships that go through the Red Sea. And so they have to go around the southern tip of Africa, which adds anywhere between 14 and 28 days to their shipping times, depending on where this cargo is going. And that leads to depleted store shelves. And while I don't anticipate seeing anything like we saw during COVID, you're going to have the less ability to have the products that you want. We're really fortunate that this happened when it did, as opposed to, say, back in August, where it would have impacted Christmas. But it's going to impact uh, Q1 of 2024 and could help drag the world into a, a global recession. You know, U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin uh, has said that American forces, along with some other countries, would create a new force to try to protect ships in the region. How much of a difference do you think that will make? Or, or will some of these uh, you know, shipping companies just say this is not worth it? It's not worth the risk. Again, my ability to predict the future is woefully ignorant, but my my guess is that it's not going to make much of a difference because they're not escorting the ships like we did with Kuwaiti oil tankers um, a couple of decades ago. We're just increasing our presence in the Red Sea along with countries like Great Britain, Canada, France, Germany, etc. So they're going to be have more people in the Red Sea who can help to shoot down these missiles if and when we detect them. But it's not as if that we're reflagging these these ships as they go through there it's not as if we're escorting these ships so i don't think it's going to make a big difference what we need to see is the biden regime take positive kinetic action against iran and show iran that we're no longer going to put up with this we need to do something like what ronald reagan did back in the 1980s with operation praying mantis where we destroyed two iranian oil platforms and then sunk half the iranian navy to tell them that they we were no longer going to tolerate them messing with shipping in the Persian Gulf. We need to do the same thing in the Red Sea and attacking, I think, Iran is the way to do it. I don't want to go to war with Iran, but I think a very, very strategically massive targeted attack against some other resources would be very, very helpful. Maybe something along the lines of what President Trump did in Syria with the mother of all bombs. You talked about the added days to roads. What are the added costs from that? Well, if you look at it, Again, about $10 billion a day of commerce flows through the Red Sea. So if you add 28 days to the time for a, a cargo ship to go from point A to point B, that's $280 billion per day. 
uh, or, or I'm sorry, per month. So that's you know incredibly bad for the global economy. What, what, where we will see it in the United States is in the price of oil, because if, if we have more companies like BP saying we're not going to ship through the Red Sea, that's going to drive up the cost of oil. And then we're, we're seeing that already. Yeah, we've already seen, you know, the cost of essentially everything um, have already risen under this administration. Which countries are the most impacted then by this disruption of the Red Sea? You're seeing a lot of African countries that are being impacted both from their imports and their exports, their ability to actually make money. And then you're seeing um, Europe being impacted by this as well, because goods would flow through the Suez Canal into the Mediterranean and then be offloaded in countries like France and Spain uh, and then the northern coast of Africa. So you're seeing that it will impact India as well, because you'd go through the Red Sea, through the Suez and over to India and some places in Asia. But any place that's importing oil that goes through the Red Sea is going to see this happen to them. Now, does Iran benefit from this? Well, I mean, Iran's benefiting because we're funding them now, right? So it, it doesn't, they don't rely on what's happening there. But where they benefit is their, their prestige, if you will, in the global terror organizations, that they can show that they can flip their middle finger at the United States and not be worried about retaliation. That's really why, they're, why, why, they, why they are doing this, excuse me. Um, but as far as benefiting, no, uh, they're still under sanctions from a lot of countries in the world. So this doesn't really benefit them financially, but it does um, exaggerate their prestige on the on the global terror regime. You know, this comes as we've already seen uh, massive gl- global supply issues since COVID. Have we resolved those since COVID or, you know, how disrupted have things been since COVID? I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, the, the big mistake that people make is that COVID caused supply chain issues. Well, it's the government. Yeah. COVID didn't cause supply chain issues. The the supply chain issues were there before. It's just a matter that COVID exposed them. Um, When you rely on a supply chain primarily from Asia, that's, you know, 12 to 15,000 miles and takes four weeks to go across the ocean, you're one bad day away from uh, supply chain disruptions. The other thing, Lisa, that's really, really disgusting to me is that our two primary ports in the United States, the Port of Long Beach and the Port of Los Angeles, are the two least efficient ports in the world by third-party studies. That means that places like Saudi Arabia and Congo can unload ships twice as fast as we do in the United States because we won't automate our ports because of the unions. So therefore, we're super inefficient. We get backed up and we can't overcome the backups. And then you see what California has done in terms of regulations for trucking, taking more and more trucks off the road. So then when we can actually unload a ship, we don't have the trucks there to put the cargo on and ship it to the grocery store. So it's, it's, it's a kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, Mayor Pete is more worried about equity for bridges and roads than he is in trying to fix some of these items, uh, these issues such as the automation of the ports, getting the railroads to run more efficiently and not derail every other day, and having common sense laws about trucking that doesn't force a trucker who might have a 10-year-old truck to go off the road because it doesn't meet some arbitrary green emission standard. Well, you know, yeah, that makes no sense, but, you know, nothing seems to make sense anymore. We saw during COVID too, uh, you know, China, I think, controls about 80 to 90% of our antibiotics and they, you know, threaten to withhold that from us. And it really begs the question of why do we rely on enemy nations for critical goods? (laughs) that are key to our survival as a country and as humans. But we do across the board. You know, I call it our frenemies, right? So we, we import all of our uh, generic medicine from China, all of our um, 
medical equipment. Most of that comes from, from China. But also, as, as the Biden administration continues to push this green energy, all of the um, materials for green energy pretty much come from China. All the batteries that are used in EVs are Chinese made for the most part. But then you see that we import 20% of our uranium from Russia still today. And so we, we continue to import goods from, from countries that don't want to see us do very well. And what we have to do is, again, it's not necessarily decouple from these countries because you need a global source of supply for everything, but we need to become much more independent. We have enough rare earth minerals in the United States to fund any sort of green initiative that any government would want to do. We've just passed laws that says that they can't mine them. And so instead, we rely on Chinese companies in Africa using slave labor to do the mining, and then we pay the Chinese for the benefit of having their batteries come to the United States. Quick break, more on the global supply chain. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, Folks say this new solar generator from 4Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I've seen what seems like legitimate concerns about for electrical grid could even handle, you know, the amount of electric vehicles they want to push us to and, and concerns over that. So I, I don't know, but I, I'm not a big, I'm, I'm not for the whole electric vehicle push. I think people should just. Oh, I'm not yeah, defending yeah. EVs. Don't, don't get me wrong there, but I'm saying that that's what they're going to do. We have to do this. But no, the, the whole EV thing is a joke. 
And the fact that they're saying things like by 2030, they want every military vehicle in the United States be an EV. What that means is that you're going to have tanks who have to drag a diesel generator behind them and use a diesel generator to charge their battery while they're in the middle of a battlefield. Um, our grid can't handle that. If you look at going to solar, you would need six states the size of, the size of South Dakota in order to have enough um, solar power to just do what we do today. And that's before we start doing all these cars. And think about this. I mean, you live in Miami. Uh, imagine a city like Miami or New York, where you have to have these super long extension cords coming out of your condominium or your apartment down to your car and charging your car. What's, what's that going to look like? That's insane. Also, just don't like being forced into anything. And, you know, the market's not dictating the demand for electric vehicles. These companies aren't because they're losing money on it. And to your point, there's a whole host of questions about, you know, if, if it's even feasible to, to try to reach the goals they're trying to reach, which really begs the question, you know, why the hell are we doing it? I mean, look what Ford's doing. I mean, Ford's, uh, their, their sales of the F-150, uh, the electronic F-150 have gone to basically zero and they've, they've cut production. Um, we've seen other companies cutting down on their production of EVs. The one, the, the one company that's doing very well is Toyota because Toyota's invested in hybrids, which kind of actually makes sense if you think about it, right? You, you run on electricity when you can and you have gas when you can't run on electricity. If you want to do a transition, that kind of makes sense to a guy like me, even though I got to admit, I got me a big Ford F-150 that I love driving even in Chicago. So, you know, um, I'm, not in, I'm not switching to EVs anytime soon. How capable is the U.S. to be, you know, basically completely self-sufficient? No country is able to be self-sufficient. Um, every, every, I mean, this goes back to Adam Smith uh, in, the, in the first real writings about economics. No country can be self-sufficient. You have to rely on other nations. But what you need to do is develop the ability in other nations to do things. And we should be investing in countries like Mexico and countries in South and Central America to do some of the manufacturing that we're currently getting from places like, like Asia. And that would shorten the supply chain. That would make things a lot better for the country. But what we need to do is take a very, very hard look at ourselves and say, what are the strategic products that we need to be making? Going back to what we just talked about a few minutes ago, the, the medicines. We should not be getting medicines and medical devices from a foreign country, any foreign country, even if it was from a friend, say, like France or Germany. We should be self-sufficient on something like that. But when it comes to, uh, let's say, champagne, let's let the French do the champagne because they're kind of good at it. Uh, I'll take that one. <laughs> Why? You know, we saw a ton of disruption um, during COVID, which you know sort of shows us how fragile the global supply chain really is. Um, why was there so much disruption? Sort of take us through what we saw then. Um, you know, we saw it later with baby food formula and uh, a whole host of things. Let's separate the two. So let's go back to COVID and what happened during that whole process. And what we saw was in March of 2020 and into April of 2020, demand for anything pretty much other than food fell off the, the cliff. And then people were like, oh my God, we're, we're going to be stuck in our houses for the foreseen future. I want to get a Peloton. I want to get some weights. I want to get some stuff. And so we started ordering a whole bunch of stuff. And that mostly came from Asia. The other thing that happened is that automotive sales fell off the charts. And so the makers of the electronics for automotive companies stopped manufacturing. And then when automotive companies started to say, hey, we need some stuff, 
they had to ramp up the manufacturing and get that going again. So then you add that to the inability of American ports to unload the ships. There were literally ships, Lisa, that sat off the coast of California for three months waiting to be unloaded because we're that inefficient at unloading the ships and then getting the products to the stores. Was that a worker concern, like people not going into work because of COVID or what? No, it's because that we have we've succumbed to the unions and refused to automate our ports. Our ports are almost entirely manually operated, not um, automated. And that's why it takes us twice as long to unload a ship as it does someplace in Saudi Arabia or China. How do other countries do it? They, they use um, automation. They use, they use um, automated cranes. So think about this. If you are operating a crane in the port of Long Beach, you're one person on one crane because it's... I feel like that would be very dangerous. It would be. It, <laughs> don't, don't let me near it. <laughs> it's not, but it's not automated. If you're sitting in, say, Saudi Arabia, you're operating in front of, say, you know, imagine like a series of TV screens. And you're operating 10 cranes at the same time because you're doing it remotely and you can do it that way because of the automation that happens. So you're able to unload 10 ships at the same time with one person, for example. We don't do that in the United States. It's because of the unions. It's because that we've, we've, we've never really wanted to challenge the unions and say, guys, you've got to find better ways to do this because the supply chain really had never been stressed as, as it was during the, the COVID crisis. Now, going back to the baby formula that you asked about, that was a totally different scenario. That was because the government decided to shut down, I believe it was one factory, but it may have been two, that had self-reported issues with um, bacteria in the manufacturing process. They claimed to have fixed it, but instead of going in and, and inspecting it, the government shut them down for, I think it was three months, which led to that whole baby formula crisis. And quite frankly, we're not totally recovered from that yet. There has to be an easier way, as you pointed out, like automating. I mean, it's it just I, I just I refuse to accept things being this inefficient. Nothing seems to work anymore. Like planes don't take off on time. As you mentioned, we've got trains derailing like it doesn't it doesn't seem to have to be this way. Well, you're, you're right. And but let's look at airplanes. You're exactly right. When's the last time you, you boarded an airplane, Lisa? And you're like, Wow, that was a really good experience. Yeah, I get nervous when it, planes take off on time now because I'm like, wait, what's going on? Yeah, right. Perhaps they, perhaps they didn't do the safety checks. Yeah. Right? I'm <laughs> like, wait a minute. Something but, this can't be right. <laughs> but you know, if you look at how we board planes, the way we board planes is completely backwards, right? Planes should be boarded from the back forward, number one, right? It makes total sense to board from the back forward because that way the person in seat 37G is the first one on the plane. They walk all the way back there and they get it done. But we don't do it that way. Um, we allow, we allow employees of the airlines to board before paying passengers and the employees of the airlines take up all the overhead space. And so the paying passengers then have to get on the plane and go, Oh gee, there's no overhead space here. So then they got to take their stuff off the plane, get it checked. It's a ridiculous process. No one is looking at how to make this stuff better and faster. They're only looking at how to protect their jobs, which is which is understandable, but it's it's really sad for the efficiency of the country. If you had to rate Pete Buttigieg as uh, the transportation secretary, zero. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wrote an op-ed about a year ago, or maybe it was back in February, saying that he was actually the first member of the Biden cabinet that should be impeached. Um, he's he is the definition of an equity hire. He has no knowledge of what to do. Remember, his nickname was Pothole Pete. He couldn't fill potholes in a small town of in, in Indiana, right? So that's how he became Secretary of Transportation. 
He spends more time talking about equity for bridges and roads. He spends more time trying to find airlines than he does trying to fix the infrastructure. He should be, think about this. He's so bad at his job. He was on paternity leave for two months and no one knew he was gone. And I go with the old joke. Do you know how this, you know, do you know how you know the secretary of transportation is doing a bad job? You know who the secretary of transportation is. And that kind of leads us to where we are with, with, with Mayor Pete. He's, he's, extremely bad at his job. He's, he's, he's incapable. My 20 year old daughter could do a better job just by not being stupid. And it's really a shame that we put the infrastructure of the, of the most powerful country in the world in the hands of someone who is basically an equity hire for the Biden administration. Quick commercial break. Stay with us. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I remember flying into LGA during Pride Month and they're like the first gay transportation sector. And I'm like, I don't care. I just want planes to take off on time. I want, you know, like I just, I don't care. Like I just want things you, you to know, work. That is, that is such a good point, Lisa. And that's the conservative mantra, right? We don't care. We don't care who you sleep with. We don't care what you think. We don't care about this. Just make the darn stuff work the way it's supposed to work. And that be as the Secretary of Transportation, as the Vice President, as a Supreme Court Justice. I don't care who you love. I don't care who you sleep with as long as it's not a child. 
But for God's sake, just do your gosh darn job. Has diversity, equity, and inclusion seeped its way into you know global supply chain issues or the functioning of that more broadly? It's everywhere. I mean, I see it with my clients. Um, they they have to hire people that normally wouldn't be hired into a job. Um, you know, my son recently graduated from college, and he had a hard time finding a job coming out of school with a perfect GPA because he didn't check any of the boxes. And so, you know, we're going to continue to see more and more companies underperform because they're putting people in, in leadership roles that don't belong there. And the other thing that happens, though, too, is that it, it really hurts qualified people of diversity who could have gotten a job, but now everyone thinks they got it because of who they sleep with or what color they are or what, what gender they claim to be on that certain day. And it shouldn't be like that. I remember going all the way back to Lisa. I'm, I'm, I'm an old man. I was in college in the, in the late 80s and early 90s. And I, I wrote an op-ed that said, where is my um, um, midget lesbian Eskimo professor? Basically meaning I didn't care who my professor was. I just wanted them to be the best one for the job. Although that was prophetic. because <laughs> Yes. But the point I'm trying to make is that as conservatives, we don't care. Right. We want the best. I want the most qualified person being my professor or being my, my, my son or, or daughter's professor. I want the most qualified person making decisions about when planes take off and land. I want the most qualified person making interpretations of the Constitution, not someone who is there because they just happen to fit the checkbox that the sitting president wants them to fit. I wanted to ask you uh, real quick, because I just saw something for the um, going back to the issue um, at the Red Sea. So I was reading about 30 percent of Israel, Israeli imports come through the Red Sea. How does that impact Israel then? I, I'm saying that, you know, some of these it's going to be a big issue for for Israel. So talk a little bit about how does that impact Israel and does it impact their ability to, to fight this war? It could. Um but you got to remember too, we're you know since October seventh, we're only talking about twelve ships that have been attacked, and none of them have actually sank. So you know this this is generating a lot of news, and rightly so because we shouldn't let it be happening. But other than delaying the 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 shipping times and causing the supply chain to be extended, it hasn't really disrupted supply yet. So Israel is going to be fine. If I think we got to the point where we were seeing Israel being impacted, you'd start to see the U.S. escorting ships into the ports of Israel, but we're not at that point yet. Are there any other issues we haven't touched upon that are sort of impacting the global supply or, or things that you'd, you'd want to get across to the audience? I think the other thing that we need to be talking about is the economy and, and the economy's impact on supply. And, you know, it's really interesting because we're, we're seeing all these talking heads talk about how great the November CPI was, and it was at 3.1%, which is good. But when you add that to what it was the year before, which was 7%, we're still running at 10% inflation over the last two years. And core CPI stuck at 4%. So when people can't afford to buy things, one of two things happen. The economy slows down or people go into debt. And right now we keep seeing people go into more and more debt. We've got credit card debt at over $1.1 trillion. We're seeing record numbers numbers of people being denied credit cards. We're seeing record numbers of people do emergency 401k withdrawals because they can't afford to live. And they're not using their credit cards to, say, buy trips to Paris and flat screen TVs. They're using the credit cards to pay for groceries and to pay the rent and to pay their utilities and then paying 25 to 30% interest on top of that. That is probably the biggest threat to our supply chain than anything else right now is the economy slowing down 
because of the debt that people are incurring because of the inflation and the failed economic policies of the Biden administration. Yeah, my heart breaks for people right now. It's definitely, um, we've just been through a lot as a country between COVID and government lockdowns. And then now with the economic concerns, and as you mentioned, a lot of people having to pay for groceries on their credit card because they need to feed their family and they don't know how else to do it. And then also the possibility of a world war. So it's, there's a lot going on. Look at it this way. Lisa, I have, I have a client, a manufacturing client in the South, and they're losing um, people who work in their factory. They've quit their job and started working at a local McDonald's because they can walk to the McDonald's and make $15 an hour. They can't afford to drive the extra 10 miles to the plant and make $18 an hour because of the price of gas. Think about that for a second. People are leaving manufacturing jobs to work in fast food because they can walk there not to incur the price of gas. And then there's going to be an impact of that, as you're pointing out, you know, previously, if that, you know, if that impacts our ability to manufacture things. So it's like, doesn't seem to be any let up for uh, people right now. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, but so Merry I, Christmas, I think everybody. <laughs> bottom line, or at least my mentality on all this stuff is, you know, because politics that there's a, there's a heaviness and everything going on in, in the country right now. And so I think it's more important than ever to sort of disconnect and to spend time with family and friends and find things that make you happy. You know, I'm blessed to live in Miami and Florida. And so, you know, I spend a lot of time outside and just go on walks. And I think it's just important to try to find, you know, the deeper meaning in life and uh, to decompress and take some time away from all this. Heaviness. You're right. I mean, I live in the People's Republic of Chicago, so it's not quite as nice as being in Miami, but you're absolutely right. It, this is a time of year where we should all reflect because no matter how bad we have it here in the United States, and there are people who are hurting, seriously hurting, we have it better than 99.9% .9 of the, the global population. And we should take time to appreciate that. And we should, as as conservatives, help out our, our fellow human beings who need, who need the help. And, and give through either through churches or charities or whatever, but help folks out because, you know, giving a hand up to people is what this country is all about. And what we've done in the past, we'll do it again. And the resiliency of the American people is amazing. And I have no doubt that we'll recover from all this. It'll take some time and we'll look back on these days and go, man, can you believe we went through that? But, you know, my grandparents went through the, the, the Great Depression and my great grandparents fought in the World War One. So it's, we, we go through things as a nation, but we always can come through it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, ultimately, God's in control. And then I always try to think back to your pointing out there's been through, you know, times throughout history where people living in those times probably feel similar to where we do, and if not, much worse. So we'll get through it. <laughs> we'll get through it. Jim Nellis, I, I appreciate you taking the time, sir. Thanks for breaking this all down for us. We really appreciate it. Lisa, thank you so much. And Merry Christmas to you and all your listeners. You too. Merry Christmas. That was Jim Nels. I appreciate him taking the time to break that issue down for us. Appreciate you guys at home for listening every Monday and Thursday. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and can spend some time with the people you love. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume free, safe to use inside and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast 
is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 